Hello and welcome. You're listening to Faith to Live By and I'm your host, Pam Christian. If you've listened before, then you know I'm all about helping people discover and live in life-giving truth. So this show and my book series are both named Faith to Live By because I want to encourage people to better live out their Christian faith. That way we will see the power and the authority of Christ demonstrated. And I'm sure you agree, based on the realities of the world events today, what I want to impart is desperately needed. No one can deny that our entire world is in a time of tremendous turmoil, with the battle of good and evil at an all-time high, never before seen like this in our lifetime. I deeply believe we are living at a time on God's timeline that will prove to be monumental. I just feel it in the atmosphere. Everything's so tense. We are soon to see a never-before demonstration of God's intervention that will be as forceful and disruptive as a mighty explosion. In fact, Amanda Grace recently prophesied that the time between Purim, February 25th, and Passover, which is March 27th through April 4th, will be an explosive time. But even if she hadn't prophesied that, I'm sure you'd agree the tension, the angst, um, the rage, the hate are all building to an immense pressure that can be felt all around the world. Especially since early 2020 through today, the fever pitch of the battle between good and evil has greatly intensified. And I believe God has several purposes in allowing things to escalate to the point that we find ourselves in today. I actually have this mental vision of God personally blowing on the flames to increase the heat, to force people to respond. Why would God do this? To cause people to make a definitive choice whom they will serve. I've prophetically declared since before 2020 that we are in a time of God administering his justice. And this is why we've seen so much evil and corruption exposed. God wants us to see the very depths of evil and to become completely aware of the ravages of evil so people will be forced to choose. Then, when God does lower the justice boom, it'll be evident to all of us that God is good, right, fair, and proper in his judgment. Those who are found by God to willingly side with good will be promoted, but those who willfully remain aligned with evil will be judged. We're living in a serious time of spiritual reckoning. I've talked before about the fear of God and how in our modern day culture, it's woefully lacking. And by God's own admission, he is a jealous God and he will not tolerate his people failing to acknowledge him for any extended period of time. We see over and over in the Bible where God ordained events and circumstances to wake his people up and to cause them to return to a faithful relationship with him. And I think that's exactly where we are today. So what I want us to focus on today is the partnership of divine intervention and human cooperation. History reveals when God's people cooperate with his plan, he intervenes and he redeems the evil times, bringing a season of joy and gladness. And even though things look the way they do today, I really think we're on the brink of a new time of joy and gladness. No doubt, these are critical days where the enemy of God and the people who have aligned themselves with the enemy are being exposed. In fact, in a recent interview, General Flynn was speaking of the people who are opposed to all that's good and right, lawful and true, and he said that their strength is in their deception. They intentionally weave deception to gain power. However, when their deceptions are revealed, they lose strength. We need to get hold of this truth. God is orchestrating situations and circumstances to expose the deceptions the world has been operating under for decades and maybe even centuries. As deception is exposed and truth is revealed, God's people are empowered with the truth. 
and the enemy's followers lose strength and power. It's brilliant. The intensity of evil, lies, deception, cheating, stealing, and the like are at a fever pitch today. Where the enemy and the people he's working through think they're just one strike away from gaining all control, God is preempting their final move by exposing and disempowering them. Can't you feel it? Can't you feel the tension in the atmosphere and the undeniable joy that's bubbling up? In the midst of the greatest tension, there's a sense of hope. At this time, the safest place for God's people to be is in complete surrendered partnership with Him. As I explained last week, we must be engaged in the battle of good versus evil. We need to know God's plans and strategies and then wield our authority in Christ in partnership with God to see His will accomplished in our midst. I believe we're in a time very much like the days of Queen Esther when God's people are in serious danger of being overcome by evil. As you know, for the Jews of Esther's day, evil Haman plotted to destroy all the Jews in King Ahasuerus's province. Well, the same evil spirit that plotted to destroy God's people then is working to destroy God's people today. Let's see what we can learn from the story to help us gain victory today, just as the Jews gained victory then. Then and now, there are three elements involved. God, humans, and Satan. Satan does what Satan has always done, which is to lie, cheat, steal, oppress, and destroy in all hatred. And all people who do likewise are aligned with Satan. God does what he always does, which is to reveal truth, redeem, give life, and freedom in all love. And people who uphold these values are aligned with God. So, as in the book of Esther, we are in a time where God's people seem to be on the brink of being overpowered, oppressed, and effectively destroyed. Yet, as the story reveals, when God's people partner with him, the enemy cannot destroy or overcome us. When Mordecai informed Esther about Haman's plans, they both realized God's providence made it possible for Esther to potentially rescue her people. To gain unity of God's people and to seek God's favor, then Esther called for a time of prayer and fasting, which all the Jews in the entire province observed. So what I gather from all that is we must do likewise. We need to be in a sober time of prayer and fasting consistent with Second Chronicles 7.14. And you might remember it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, repent, and seek me, I will hear their prayers, and I will heal their land. Well, prayer and fasting helps us become more sensitive to God's direction so we can learn his plans and strategies for our victory. So I hope we take this seriously and that we will unite through prayer and fasting. We read in Esther chapter 9, and I quote, On the very day when the enemy of the Jews hoped to gain the mastery over them, the reverse occurred. The Jews gained mastery over those who hated them. The Jews gathered in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to lay hands on those who sought their harm. And no one could stand against them, the Jews, because the fear of them, the fear of the Jews, had fallen on all the peoples. All of the officials of the provinces and the satraps and the governors and the royal agents also helped the Jews, for the fear of Mordecai had fallen on them, for Mordecai was great in the king's house and his fame spread throughout the provinces, for the man Mordecai grew more and more powerful. End quote. God's given us, Esther's and Mordecai's, in strategic positions today to provide a pathway for us to overcome evil with good. In fact, I see President Trump, General Flynn, um, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood as examples of Esther's and Mordecai's today. Just as Mordecai was given great favor and wisdom, allowing him to craft 
a new decree permitting the Jews to defend themselves against their enemies, I believe we are going to see new paths for us to take up and to defend ourselves to restore truth and righteousness in our nation. Now, we're not going to defend ourselves with swords of iron, but the sword of the word of the Spirit, the word of God. We are going to actively defend ourselves through our mouths. Remember, this is the Hebrew decade of the five, seven, eight zeros, which is the decade of the mouth. Scriptures make it clear the power of life and death are in the tongue. We must use the power of our tongue, decreeing God's will on all the earth as it is in heaven, if we want to see the evils of our day overcome. We could very well be at the point on God's timeline told about in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, which reads, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and my female servants. In those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. End of passage. In this decade of the mouth, God is raising up his prophets. And knowing this, the enemy of God has worked extra hard at shutting down the prophets, seeking to discredit them, and even cause confusion and division in the body of Christ. You know, I was recently interviewed by Jared Lasky, a podcaster here on Charisma Podcast Network, with the question, did the prophets get it right? This was specific to the prophecies about President Trump serving two terms. It was a great interview. And if you want to hear my response to the question, Listen to Jared's podcast. It should be available sometime this week. I'll have the link for you in the show notes. You know, I've learned one way we can know God's will is to recognize what the enemy is working really hard to destroy. And I'm sure you'd agree, the enemy is seeking to destroy our nation because our nation is one of the last on the earth that upholds God and our God-given freedom and the Christian faith. The whole world is watching us to see how we're going to respond to these days we're in. Prophecy concerning President Trump serving two terms even has the attention of the secular world. Politico magazine actually published an article quoting Johnny Inlow, who has said that more than 100 other credible Christian prophets around the world have declared Trump would somehow be restored to office. I'll have a link for the article in the show notes. And then there's Bonnie Jones, the widow of the late Bob Jones. She's recorded prophesying that President Trump would actually serve a total of 12 years. She expressed 12 years would be needed to fully right our nation and that the people would want President Trump to do so and that there would be a vote or something that would change the term limits. So that could allow President Trump to serve three terms. I'll have a link to her video in the show notes as well. Of course, guarding against false prophets is important, and neither should we be too quick to judge a prophetic word as invalid. You know, when it came to turning out to vote, for the candidate that would promote the most kingdom values, the community of Christians turned out and did their job. Some 80 million or so voted for President Trump. Now we need to maintain faith for God to turn up and do his job. And what I really want us to realize today is the same way the Jews of Esther's day got actively engaged in the battle to avoid personal disaster, so must we today. We've been praying for justice and truth, and we know these things are consistent with God's will. And then we read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 22, And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. The word because in that passage is crucial. God blesses our obedience. Again and again in scriptures, God promises if we are properly humble and obedient, he delights in giving us what we ask for, when what we ask is consistent with his will. So let's consider our realities. 
Is it consistent with God's will for elections to be fraudulently run? Is it consistent with God's will for an administration to be functioning that's not appointed by him? Is it God's will for evil to flourish and oppress his people? No, on all counts. So our prayers for God to intervene and help us fight these issues is entirely consistent with his will, and we have every reason to stand firm in the faith. Faith believes for what is yet to exist based on the character, will, and intentions of God. Now, more than ever, we need God's people to decree and declare his will. We need to use the power of our tongues to defeat the enemy. We need to learn as much as we can about spiritual warfare and get in the battle. Jesus is our example. He expressed he did not say or do anything except that which the Father revealed he should. Look what Jesus went through to make a way for us to be redeemed. He confronted evil at every turn. He never once turned a blind eye to lying, cheating, ungodly behavior, or the like. He always called out evil as he saw it, identifying it for what it is. And he suffered more than we can understand in our behalf so that we could have a path for reconciliation with God. His life, death, and resurrection were all given up for us. Then he revealed that all power and authority had been given to him, and he in turn imparts that to us so we can continue to do his work on earth. Matthew 28:18-20, Jesus instructs us as his disciples on exactly what he wants us to do. If we don't seek to know God's will for today and actively do what we can in partnership with God, we're basically saying we don't value everything Christ did to secure our freedom. Jesus is quoted in Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23, quote, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You are workers of lawlessness. The community of God must not only guard against false prophets, but also false disciples. Jojo Dawson recently published a blog article titled The Coming Roar. In it, he explained, and I'm quoting, In a time of corporate prayer, the Lord gave me a powerful prophetic vision. In this vision, I could see a large lion walking with great purpose and strength in his steps. As he walked, the foundation beneath him and the walls around him began to crack. There were people around the lion watching him as he walked. I could tell that they were all very afraid of this lion and what he was about to do. I knew in the vision that people were not afraid because of the fear of the Lord. Their fear was because of their evil actions and agendas. They were afraid of this lion because they did not want to suffer the consequences for their wrongdoings. I could tell in the vision that the lion was about to roar, and when he did, things would not be the same. Then the Lord spoke to me and said, When my voice is heard, when the roar comes down, foundations will be broken. Structures that are not of me will be destroyed. The roar is coming, and you are already seeing small effects of it. I knew when the Lord spoke this to me that the lion in the vision was the Spirit of God, the lion of the tribe of Judah. God is about to roar, and when that roar comes, it will tear down and disrupt systems and structures of men that are not from God. The coming roar from the mouth of God will put an end to the enemy's advancements, and the kingdom will be manifested on earth like never before. What God is about to do in the earth will bring destruction to the plans of the enemy but it will bring prosperity to his sons and daughters. Expect for God to move in ways and situations 
where you would least expect it. Kingdom people will experience acceleration in everything they put their hands to. In this season, true sons and daughters of God will flourish and be promoted. God is rewarding and elevating his people to places of influence and favor in this hour. If you have been fearful in the place of prayer and are full of character and integrity, be prepared for God to use you greatly in the days ahead. Get ready for the roar that is coming from the mouth of God because it will shake everything that can be shaken. As the lion roars, many will experience the power and presence of God as heaven invades the earth in this hour. End quote. I will have the link for that prophetic word in the show notes. You'll want to read it in its entirety. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What are you seeing with your spiritual eyes? What rhema and logos words from God resonate with your spirit today? As you consider current events, don't you see how the 80 million people who voted for Trump are increasing in numbers as the acting administration continues to expose themselves and their plans? Many people who voted for Biden have actually distanced themselves from the Democratic Party. And please understand me here. As I've said before, what we are experiencing is a battle of good and evil that's being played out in politics and government. So we must address politics and government because that's where the battle is being waged. In fact, I think we're in the mess we're in as a country today because of the lack of Christian influence in our government and media and all of the seven mountains, which includes family, business, art slash entertainment, uh, education, and the church. Isn't it a very sad commentary? when we have to admit there's been a lack of Christian influence, even in the church. I woke up very early one day last week from a series of disturbing dreams. I really couldn't remember all the details, but I sought the Lord while writing in my prayer journal. I was really troubled over the lack of awareness in the church, the lack of awareness among Christians, not only about the evil that's in the world, but our faith itself, our Christian faith. We are woefully naive, which I knew to be very different from ignorant. So I looked up the word naive, and I read, it is to be inexperienced, overly trusting, innocent. Well, certainly as Christians, we are to guard our hearts and minds from evil and remain focused on things that are good and pure, according to Philippians 4.8. But the word also encourages us to be knowledgeable as a means to protect ourselves. In fact, in Hosea 4.6, God says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So as I sought the Lord that morning, I realized the church is lacking in power and authority because we're naive. And to help explain the meaning of the word naive, the dictionary provided this sentence, quote, The experienced man speaks simply and wisely to the naive girl, end quote. Apparently, that's something that's attributed to a guy named Albert Hyatt. But that descriptive sentence really gripped me. It is that type of cunning and shrewdness that takes advantage of the naive, which immediately caused me to think of the tragedy of human trafficking. Then I had to realize the naivete of the church has allowed the enemy to take advantage of us. The church has not stood firm against matters such as the removal of God in schools or deviant sexual lifestyles, abortions, and a whole lot more. You know, it was Bob Jones who clearly stated the church will determine the fate of America. So anyway, as I continued with the Lord that morning, I became greatly impressed about the increase of witchcraft in the world today and how that witchcraft power has been used against us, against our God-given authority and power to make us impotent. But I'm grateful 
the church is waking up. Patriots are waking up. Patriots are even becoming Christians, especially in the southern states, and Christians are becoming patriots. God is calling us to take our rightful place in his plan to overcome the long-standing and far-reaching works of darkness. God is exposing the darkness. He is shedding his penetrating light on all for us to see and choose to partner with him to overcome evil. Jesus stated, according to Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And in preparing for this podcast, I recognize the church is naive in the correct application of this passage. Doves, of course, represent peace and innocence. Snakes are crafty and shrewd and subtle. So what did Jesus mean here? And how are we to apply this particular instruction? Well, 19th century pastor Charles Simon explains the passage this way, quote, Now the wisdom of the one and the harmlessness of the other are very desirable to be combined in the Christian character because it is by such a union only that the Christian will be enabled to cope successfully with his more powerful enemies, end quote. Now, Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Do we know how to apply this passage? Well, first let's understand who are the violent who take the kingdom by force. The violent are those who are opposed to the kingdom. The word take or lay hold of in this passage almost always involves malicious intent. Wicked people, then, would fit the description of the violent. What's meant by suffering violence? Well, a careful study reveals the kingdom of God is suffering violence at the hands of the violent or the wicked. As in the days of Esther and many times in history through to today, God's kingdom on earth is the direct object of unbelieving hostility influenced by the enemy of God, the same spirit of anti-Semitism from days of old that seeks to destroy God's people. So considering scripture, the church cannot be naive and we can't be without knowledge. And taking a cue from the book of Esther, we are not to be passive and let the enemy of God gain ground. We are to be engaged in the battle, taking up our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Will you join me daily in seeking the Lord, decreeing and declaring His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Will you join me in seeking the presence of God to speak to us so we can learn what our individual instructions are? Will you also agree now to be obedient to what the Lord asks of you, as we all must because we are one body in many parts and we need each part to do its work. Will you join me in thanking the Lord for his promised intervention? You know, Kat Kerr has been a great inspiration for the body of Christ, encouraging us all to demonstrate our faith, celebrating in advance of actually seeing God's will, his intervention, because he so clearly revealed what he plans to do. We don't know how or when, but that as the need increases, surely the time is drawing nearer. Yes. We must wield Christ's power and authority that is resident within us today with more determination than ever. May we learn from Job. Whatever opposition the kingdom of God and God's people suffer, our declaration to the Lord must be, as Job said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Job 42.2 Make a point of joining me next week because I want to explore more specifically how we can wield our authority in Christ. I want to gain a better understanding of spiritual warfare. We are all called into this cosmic conflict to be overcomers, to be victorious in Christ. Not one of us is left out of the battle. Now, I want to highlight one of my sponsors, Ed Torres. 
I know many people have suffered considerable financial losses this past year, and if this is you or someone you know, I want you to know about Ed, who is also my personal financial planner. When it comes to our future, we need to gain God's wisdom and work in partnership with Him to fulfill His plans for us. Having a good financial plan is essential. When it comes to financial planning, one size fits all isn't a fit at all. Just ask Ed Torres, a team member with the financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Ask him about the exclusive confident retirement approach. It's a personalized, flexible, step by step approach toward financial balance so you can feel comfortable about your future as well as your wants and needs today. With the confident retirement approach and a one on one relationship with an advisor, Edward Torres will help you live life saving for tomorrow in a way that's right for you. It's what financial balance is all about. So call Ed today at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link to his website on the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. And as I said, he's my financial advisor and a wonderful Christian man I highly recommend. In order for me to produce my podcasts, I need the support of my sponsors and listeners. I never ask you to give to my ministry directly. But I do ask you to avail of the services and products you'll find in my show notes. In that way, I'll receive some needed financial support. If you've liked what you've heard today, let's connect beyond the podcast. Consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will also make you a preferred member, where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at PL Christian and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Also, be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my webpage, my landing page, for faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link to more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring to you is how you can support me, and it would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, Please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach many more people, helps to share the gospel, and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition? And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com, where you can learn about and take advantage of the special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember... Christ died for us. The very least we can do is live for Him. 